Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you back in Milwaukee. The crew getting set for a homestand, interleague homestand, three with the Rangers and then two with the Twins before going back out on the road for the Brewers. Finishing up this nine-game road trip on Wednesday night in Pittsburgh with a sweep of the Pirates, which was very much needed. The crew ends up going four and five on the trip. They sweep Pittsburgh, were swept by the Chicago Cubs, and then dropped two out of three in kind of heartbreaking fashion, to be honest with you, out in Oakland against the A's. Had a chance to win all three of those games. Could have very easily swept that series to start up the road trip. So the crew, as we stand, sitting at 60-56, and 56, they're in second place in the NL Central, three games back of the Chicago Cubs, who are 62-52, and 52, and just a half game in front of the St. Louis Cardinals, who sit at 58 and 55 and four games clear of the Reds and 11 games clear of the sliding Pittsburgh Pirates who are now sitting at 48 and 66 on the year. The crew also as we stand today would have a postseason spot somewhat solidified. They would be tied for the second wild card with the Philadelphia Phillies and uh, they would be essentially hosting the Phillies in a play-in game if the season ended today. Winner of that one would go to the wild card and play the Washington Nationals on the road. That's how it would stack up if the season ended today. A lot of news for you. It's been a really newsworthy week for the crew. Uh, We begin with when the Brewers got to Pittsburgh on Monday. Zach Davies went on the 10-day IL with back spasms. So that means the Brewers essentially down to three starters now. You have Gio Gonzalez, you have Chase Anderson, you have Adrian Hauser, and Jordan Lau. So I, I should say you're down to four starters now. Uh, we're back to five at one point with the acquisition of Lyles, uh, but now down to, to four, essentially. But with all of these off days in August, this should be something the Brewers can navigate. And Wednesday, they used a bullpen day, went three innings with Drew Pomeranz and let the bullpen fill in the blanks from there and did a tremendous job. It was a really nice effort out of the Brewers pitchers. So Zach Davies to the 10-day IL with back spasms. One of the things that came out of that was Devin Williams making his MLB debut. Now, if you don't remember Devin Williams, that's understandable. He was a second-round pick in 2013. You go back to 2015 and 2016, this was one of the arms in the Brewers system, along with guys like Freddie Peralta back in that point in time. And Devin Williams was trending in a very good way. And then he had Tommy John prior to the 2017 season. And he kind of fell off the radar because he didn't pitch for a year and a half. He got back on the mound at the end of 2018 in high A with the Carolina Mudcats, had his struggles, started this year in double A, had a little bit of a command issue early, but put up overall pretty good numbers. And then at some point early on in the season, everything clicked. The velocity ticked up, the command started getting better, the strikeouts started going through the roof, and Devin Williams got on the fast track. Ended up getting promoted to AAA San Antonio just a couple of weeks ago. Made three scoreless appearances there. And the Brewers said, let's get him to the big leagues. Let's get him to the show. He made his debut on Wednesday through an inning and two-thirds, three hits, two runs. But neither run was earned. And three strikeouts in, uh, 
If you didn't see it in person, you need to go watch it. His stuff is nasty. 96, 97, Velo with the fastball. Big-time changeup. Also throws that slider in there. This is a guy that has a bright future for the Brewers. He's still just 24 years of age. Pitched in the Futures game just a couple of weeks ago. Trent Grisham, of course, made his debut in the last week as well. So basically one week in the big leagues for Trent Grisham, and it's been a successful one. Six for 20 at the plate, a home run, five RBIs. He's had productive at-bats, good at-bats, working the count deep. Made an unbelievable catch on Wednesday night in left center field uh, to help out that bullpen. Trent Grisham, really uh, impressive through one week up in the big leagues. Jake Faria was acquired in the Jesus Aguilar trade. Two scoreless innings for him in his debut for the Brewers. That came on Tuesday night. And, of course, Drew Pomerantz was part of that uh, San Francisco Giants trade that the Brewers swung right at the deadline. And he has thrown five innings, and it's been only one run allowed over three appearances for Drew Pomerantz since he has been acquired, and he's looked really good out of the bullpen. He's going to be a big addition for the Brewers' uh, pin before it's all said and done. Other news for you to keep an eye on, Brent Suter, he's made two rehab outings in Biloxi now. He's made four total, if you include the Arizona League. He's yet to allow a hit and will now have his rehab transferred to AAA San Antonio. He's getting closer, folks. He worked two scoreless and hitless innings in his last outing at Biloxi. So there's another arm that could be on the way before September's all said and done. So you're figuring you're going to get Woodruff back in September. You figure you're going to get Yoli Shasin back at some point in time as well. You're going to get Zach Davies back. But don't forget about this guy, Brent Suter, the lefty. Might not be as a starter, but there might be some role for him, especially when the rosters expand in September. That'll be interesting to, to watch. Still plenty of work to do for Brent Suter before he's all the way back. But, man, is he on the fast track right now coming back from Tommy John, which he had just a little over a year ago. Really unheard of how quick he's making this progress, and it's really exciting for Brent Suter. Here's what we have for you on this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We're going to talk to Brewers minor league hitting coordinator Kenny Graham about some of the names in the minor league system that are turning some heads. We're also going to talk to Trent Grisham again. We talked to him just a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but so much has changed now. We're going to get his thoughts on his debut and what it's like now, kind of being settled in and being a part of the big league show. We're going to talk to Trent Grisham about that. And we just talked about Drew Pomerantz. We're also going to talk to him about his time with the Brewers already and the impact that he's been able to make. So it should be fun, should be exciting. We're glad you're here with us for it. Let's jump into it with Drew Pomerantz talking about being a part of this Brewers bullpen. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Drew Pomeranz, you made uh, an appearance on Monday night, your second appearance with the crew, and another scoreless appearance. Uh, this bullpen role for you this year seems to have suited you really well. Yeah, um, you know, I've been pitching a lot better these last couple months. Uh, I kind of settled into attacking hitters how I wanted to, and uh, you know, I think moving to the bullpen, I just kind of kept that same mentality, and it's... Uh, it's worked out pretty good so far. You have uh, moved back and forth from rotation to the bullpen before, so it's not exactly a, a new situation for you. But um, coming over to the Brewers, this is your first time with this organization. You've moved organizations a couple of times. Well, what, what were your first impressions when you got in with this group of guys? Um, you know, obviously, 
you know, a good team. It's been a good team the last few years, contender. Uh, it's a pretty tight division, uh, so I knew coming in, you know, you're coming into a playoff race, and, uh, you know, it's exciting. We've got a lot of talented guys here, and we'll uh, even get some guys that should be coming off the DL here pretty soon, too. Um, but, you know, it's a fun team. Uh, you know, excited to you know, see where we end up down the stretch. Anytime you, you get moved at the major league level, everybody kind of knows everybody. Were there guys that you had some familiarity with coming in? Yeah, I mean, it's my seventh organization. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've been moved around. It's my fifth trade. So I've, you know, either played with some of these guys somewhere along the line or I know somebody they know or, you know, it's, you know, when you move around that much, you tend to know a pretty good amount of people. You also have to kind of get caught up to speed with the catchers and probably some familiarity between you and Yasmani Grandal, but, but a, a new relationship forming with Manny Pena at the same time. Do you have to spend a little extra time with those guys to just get caught up in the middle of a season like this? No, not really. I'm pretty simple out there, simple approach. Uh, you know, we sat down. I sat down with each of them separately and kind of just went over a few things, and, uh, you know, that was that. And then we just kind of got you know, thrown right into the game, and I've thrown to both of them now. So, You are in the midst, as you said, of a, of a playoff race here with this Brewers team, and, and certainly being another left-hander, you can take some pressure off of Josh Hader as well at the back of this bullpen, and, and uh, you really have a big impact. That has to be exciting for you, even though the Giants were playing better and kind of getting themselves into the mix when the trade was made. It probably gives you a little fresh perspective, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they were... Giants have a long push for their division because the Dodgers are so far ahead. But, you know, coming over here, you have a chance to, you know, you have two ways in. You have a chance to win a division or win a wild card spot if it comes to that. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely it's definitely exciting over here. Uh, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Um, it's going to be fun, you know, coming in and uh, pitch pretty well. I hope, I can, you know, my job is to come in and help us win games, however that is. And uh, I think, you know, I, Coming in a couple of different situations now, so I guess we'll be seeing. Uh, we'll see what I, you know, when it seems like everyone just kind of comes in. Uh, you know, there's so much talent down there. It's, it's not really set into one thing. Everyone can pretty much do everything. So, you know, it's just kind of be uh, ready for anything. Last question: You've been a part of playoff races in the past. What can that experience do for you in these types of situations? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's it's definitely. It's fun, you know, and you have to know that, um, you know, it's fun being a part of when every game means something. Um, and, uh, you know, the playoffs are definitely a, a different animal as well than the season. Uh, you really just got to be on your on your best, your best stuff all the time. So, uh, you know, hopefully we uh, make it in the playoffs and then uh, go from there. Drew, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. As we told you, Pomerantz, he's a veteran guy. He's been around. He's been in playoff chases in the past. Was with the Red Sox, of course, a year ago, the last couple of years, really. Had a really nice year at the Padres a couple of years ago. So there's some veteran presence that comes along with Drew Pomerantz as well. The Brewers, of course, have really liked what they've seen from Trent Grisham so far. That patience at the plate that he was known for in the minor leagues, it has translated at the big league level. He's shown a little bit of pop, which is something that he's shown over the course of this year in AA and AAA as well. And he's a very grounded individual. He's very mild-mannered. He doesn't take himself, uh, uh, well, he takes himself seriously, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get too impressed with himself. Let's put it that way. And Trent Grisham joined me in Pittsburgh to talk about what his impressions have been through his first full week in the big leagues. 
Let's break it down. You make your debut last week, and in your debut, you drive in your first run. And then on Sunday at Wrigley, first big league knock, then you get your first big league home run. You're checking off a lot of boxes early on. It's nice to get those all out of the way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Especially the first hit. After I got that first hit, I felt like a big weight was off my chest, so now it was just have fun and play. And uh, it helped me relax up at the plate and helped me do helped me lead to that uh, that homer. You and I have talked a lot over the last month or so about your approach at the plate. And you're a guy that takes a lot of pitches. You work the count, but you're doing more uh, things in leverage counts. You're getting more aggressive with your swing. Did it take you a couple of at bats to settle back into that mode, or was it just like any other game? The first couple of at bats. Uh, the first at bat in Oakland, I took two that I shouldn't have took because it was the first at bat, and I was kind of I kind of wanted to see what it was like because I mean just as just being your dream and all. When we're younger, we hype up the big we hype up big leaguers, big league pitching like it's something like they come from the moon, like we're they're gonna throw something we've never seen. So I wanted to test that theory with my own eyes and uh, see a couple of pitches, um, but. Other than that, man, it's been it's been a pretty smooth transition. Just fun to relax and come out here and compete. What was that moment like in Oakland when you walked into the clubhouse for the first time, and you saw your jersey hanging in the locker room or in the clubhouse? What was your reaction? What were the emotions that came over you? Uh, just excitement. Just excited. I was really excited to play, and um, I was really, I really just all the media stuff was kind of hectic, and getting getting there was hectic, and all that kind of stuff, and getting some sleep, but. When I got when I got to put on the uniform and go play and get on the field, it was it was relaxing. It was very relaxing to just be able to get on the field and play the game I've been playing my whole life. And now it's baseball. I mean, it's still new to you. It's it's the big leagues, but you've got a couple of games under your belt. You know, you're going to be in the lineup a couple of times here in Pittsburgh at the very least because there's a couple of right-handers going in this series against the Brewers. D- does everything slow down a little bit, normalize for you a little bit now? I'm sure. Yes and no in both in different aspects of the game. So, yes, I'm sure it'll slow down. I'm getting a little more used to it, but hopefully not. I like, I like the adrenaline that's coming to me right now. It, it keeps me locked in and uh, makes it easy, makes my body feel good, makes it easier to play with all that adrenaline. Do you remember rounding the bases after your home run yesterday, or were you kind of just flying around and floating? Uh, yeah, I remember it pretty well. Uh, nothing much was going through my head. It was It was just exciting to do it at Wrigley and then I uh, got to second heard the the uh, crowd start screaming which I was happy about because I knew they threw the ball back so uh, that was just really the only thing that was going through my mind. Took a little stress out of that too you knew you were going to get the ball <laughs> it wasn't going to have to be a negotiation that's one of those situations where them throwing the ball back was actually a good thing when you're in the outfield right now and you look to your left and you see Christian Yelich if you're in center field or when you're in left field and you look to your left and you see Lorenzo Cain in center field is that one of those yep I'm here moments uh, definitely, definitely just watching Locaine and uh, Yelly, how they go about their business and stuff. It just makes me realize, like, yeah, I'm here and uh, these guys are good, so I need to step it up. Have you reflected on your journey this year alone, starting out in Double A, and now all of a sudden you're here in the big leagues? Have you taken the time, taken the time to take a deep breath and think back about what this journey's been like this year and individually? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, it's just really been play every day and uh, get ready for the next day get back to the hotel room and prepare for the next day, and that's really, that's really about it. I don't want to reflect. I don't want to sit back and relax because we still got two months left. Trent, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Congratulations, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Checking in on the farm.
This week, as we check in on the farm, we're going to talk with Brewers Minor League Hitting Coordinator, Kenny Graham. Kenny Graham has been with the crew for a couple of years now, and he's seen some young prospects graduate to the big leagues. Keston Hira, Trent Grisham among them. And I had a chance to sit down with him in Pittsburgh when he joined the team to talk about not only those two guys, but what he's seeing from some of the bats down in the farm right now. Kenny, first off, great to see you. You have been busy traveling all across uh, the Brewers minor league affiliates this year. And uh, you have to really like what you've seen from some of the guys that are here, it's specifically Trent Grisham with the year he's put together. Yeah, no doubt. He's, he's a great example of, of what our organization's done, what David Stern's put together in the minor league system where there's been a lot of hands on Trent, and, and obviously Trent's put the work in, but there's been a lot of moving parts and, and people involved to uh, help Trent you know, find himself and get to where he's at today. And the same thing with Keston here. I mean, these are two young guys that have made the move up to the major leagues and a little smaller sample size with Trent, but both of them look like they, they know they belong. Yeah, they do. They Both of them have great demeanors about themselves, carry themselves like pros. There's not a whole lot of panic in them, you know, so they're, they're confident guys that, that take things as they are, make adjustments quickly, and, uh, you know, like you said, in a short sample size, they're doing it here at the big league level. What can he... With the move from Colorado Springs to San Antonio, a little bit more true outcome, maybe even exaggerated in the other direction now. How do you how do you manage that with the young hitters as they come through AAA? Yeah, I actually just I just left there. It's funny you talk about that. It is it is it's a challenge for them. You know, in Colorado Springs, we went from one you know end of the spectrum where a pop fly would get out of the park at times, where you know I saw some guys hammer some balls into the gaps and you know driving some balls into that right field alley that uh, just didn't go anywhere. But, you know, there's ballparks that play like that in the big leagues, and, and, it's, a, and it's a good test for them. It's a good challenge to kind of realize that they, they have to keep competing, and, and they don't get fooled by the Colorado Springs, you know, stadium, the air there. Uh, sometimes it's kind of misleading. So it does – it is a tough park to play in, there's no doubt, in San Antonio. But it, it kind of keeps guys down to earth and, and, you know, laying out consistent quality of bats. Double-A Biloxi, that's a totally – similar situation where it's a tough offensive environment and so you get some good pitching performances tough to put up those big offensive numbers there in high a you have a couple of young hitters that have really shown some great power it's been a good year at the plate for mario feliciano yeah he's a guy that uh you know when i first came in here three years ago uh he was a very handsy guy and and uh you know was just kind of inside out in balls and just kind of spraying balls around and so we've really talked to him about driving the baseball and and, uh, you know, I was there a couple weeks ago with him, and, and, and we talked about kind of meshing the two together now, you know. He's, he's found the power. He's found a consistent swing that's, that's helping him drive the baseball, but it's a matter of being more of a complete hitter and learning to, to hit at the big league level and use all fields and, and uh, be the best version of himself. Last year's first-round pick was Bryce Terang and uh, had a nice introduction to professional baseball last year and then this year really hit uh, right out of the gate at Class A Wisconsin. You guys have moved him up now to high A and a little bit of an adjustment period there, but that's a big challenge for a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, I I believe he's the youngest player in the league, and, uh, you know, Bryce is a guy that he wants that challenge, and and he's he's embraced it. Uh, For anybody, the first full season's a tough one, but for a, a high school kid like Bryce to to get all the way up to high A and, and to go through that. He is. He's, 
he's getting challenged, and, and I think that's kind of why we made the move, just because he's learning to, to, to trust his abilities and, and trust his ability to hit, use the whole field, and, and uh, he's, he's having a good time there. The numbers don't, you know, the surface level numbers don't quite show it, but he's learning a lot, and, and he's a pro, and he's going to come out the other end, you know, a lot better player in person. A couple of years for you now in the organization. Do you feel like a lot of the things that you wanted to see, and of course working with Craig Council up here to implement it all throughout the systems, do you feel like it's starting to become a, a well-oiled machine, so to speak? Well, yeah, I don't know if well-oiled machine is the right word, but, you know, year three here, uh, having Andy Haynes here uh, has been a, a big jump. It's been a, bit, a lot of help uh, just because he and I have known each other for a long time. And so um, with Andy being at the top, you know, with David and Counts and all those guys, you know, all the way down, uh, they've allowed us to, to put a great staff together and, and our I think that's the one thing that I, I am very confident and very proud of is the staff that we have all along, you know, from the DSL staff to, to up here in the big leagues. You know, we have a lot of guys that care, that can impact people's lives and, and know, know, the, know the game of hitting and, and can teach that. Kenny, we always appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Here's what's on tap. Well, here is what's coming up. It's going to be an exciting weekend at Miller Park as the Brewers are welcoming three new members into the Wall of Honor this Friday at Miller Park. All-star infielders J.J. Hardy and Ricky Weeks. They're going to join Hall of Fame pitcher Trevor Hoffman in this year's induction. A pregame ceremony is set to take place prior to Friday's game against the Rangers. Fans, of course, encouraged to get to their seats early to watch this ceremony. J.J. Uh, Hardy, former second-round pick back in 2001, had a really nice career with the Brewers, went on had a great career as well with the Orioles. Trevor Hoffman, you know all about Trevor Hoffman and all those great years in San Diego, finishing up in Milwaukee, getting save number 600 with the Brewers as well. And then Ricky Weeks, who had that great career with the crew, played 11 of his 14 Major League seasons in Milwaukee, hit a lot of home runs from the second base position, and uh, certainly a fan favorite as well. So going to be really fun to introduce those three at uh, Miller Park before the game on Friday, and uh, they will be rightfully honored for the time that they spent in a Milwaukee Brewer uniform. Other things coming up on the schedule over the weekend to keep an eye on. There are some other big giveaways that are coming your way. There's going to be the Strapback Hat on Friday, and then it's Grateful Dead Tribute Night on Saturday. That's a special theme night ticket package, so you'll want to go to Brewers.com to get that ticket. And then Sunday's going to be big. It's a Josh Hader bobblehead giveaway on Sunday. It's presented by Bell Ambulance. All ticketed fans are going to come away with that Josh Peter bobblehead. i got to look at it right now. It's pretty cool. All right, that's going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We'll be with you next week as the Brewers get set to embark on a six-game road trip to Washington and St. Louis. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Brewers! 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 Come on!